Well, this morning I would invite you, if you have your Bibles, um, if you have a hard copy or electronic form, I would invite you to pull those out. We'll be looking at Matthew 24, uh, or excuse me, Matthew 25 in a few moments. Um, But let's open our hearts for a word of prayer as we prepare. Lord God, I thank you for each and every person in this room. I thank you, Lord, for how special they are to you. And Lord be God, we believe that as we come into this space today, that you want to, uh, Lord, speak into our hearts to help us to grow ever closer to one another, to you, and Lord, to be ever more active in your kingdom as we are in the flow of your blessing. God, we give all these things to you and pray now that I would be out of the way and Jesus you would be seen and what is said and done would bring you glory and honor and we ask it in your name. Amen. Well, um, last week we began our series on shepherding abundance, and we talked about our source of abundance. Um, Today we're going to talk specifically about the mindset, how we grow a mindset of abundance. Now, I'm guessing many of you here in the room have had this experience where you've gotten that nice little yellow card in the mail that reminds you that your driver's license is up for renewal. And, and I happened to get one of those here in about the last month. And I go, oh, man, now I got to go in and I got to renew this thing and, and, you know, go down to the driver's license office and I've got to wait in line and all the things that go with it. Even though they've really improved that process, it's still just one more thing you got to do, right? And uh, so I got online to see what I needed to take and found out that you can now do it online anyway once and as long as you aren't too old so you have to decide when you're going to do your one get out of jail free time um, but anyway as i was looking there i was meeting all the criteria i was working through the list however i realized it said have you had your eye exam in the last 12 months just fyi and i thought ah, you know i can't remember so i called my eye doctor and they said actually it was um, you're out. That happened a couple of months ago. You reached your year. So I thought, okay, well, I better book an eye exam. So, you know, just, you know, this is kind of sometimes what goes through your brain, you know, so I booked an eye exam. Well, now I had to go wait in that line instead of going down to the other line. But anyway, just saying. So I went and got my eye exam and, uh, it was great to catch up with my eye doctor. I mean, he's a college friend, so we connect. And, um, as we were visiting, you know, he said, Hey, your eyes look great. Your one eye that sees 2020 still sees 2020. It's doing good. And that, that other eye that you read things with, it's getting a little weaker, but you know, you can probably still manage it with some minor readers if you want. Um, and so I walked out of the office, and really that was pretty benign. I mean, it was, a, it was overall a good report, right? However, I had two ways I could observe that particular experience. One is I could walk in to that, out of that eye doctor's appointment and go, man, it's awesome. You know, I've got 20-20 vision one. I don't have to wear glasses all the time. Um, it, it's, I, I'm maybe getting a little weaker, but I've got really healthy eyes. This is a great appointment. Or I could walk out and say, man, you know, crud, I'm getting older. Why can't my eyes be the way they were when I was a young guy? You know, I didn't have to worry about any kind of readers or any kind of obstruction in my eyesight. You know, so I have two ways I can view that particular appointment. I can see it as one of blessing or I can see it of one of want. 
couple of months ago, I was driving and um, heard in a podcast, um, a, a podcast on um, from the Global Wealth Report of 2018. I don't know if some of you read this report, saw it, but it was very insightful to me in listening to that report. They were sharing about who are the top 50% of the population that are the wealthy, okay? So if you're in the top 50%, here's what they said. They said that that means that you have got $4,210 in assets. So if you, you know, were to equity, what's the word I'm looking for? Equidate, thank you, your house. If you were to look at your bank account, put all that money together, and it came to $4,210, you are in the top 50% of the wealthiest people of the world. Now, there was, he went on down and it said, now who are the top 10% of the wealthiest? And what they said, it was $93,170. So if you can liquidate everything you have, and it comes to $93,170, you are in the top 10%. Now, we can easily say, well, you know, in America, we have a higher cost of living, so it costs more to live and all these things. Well, I looked at, you know, how we rank. Well, the United States is in the top six of standard of living. But if you look at that list out of 150 countries, there's a lot of those countries that are kind of in our vein. I mean, they're kind of right around us. Now... You know, just because we can be competitive, they went on to say, okay, so if you were in the top 1% of wealth, what would that be? And they said it's this. It's $871,320. Let me read that again. $871,320. Now, some of us in this room, I'm guessing, may have reached that amount through your retirement portfolio and the equity in your home and money you have in your bank account. If you have reached that amount, you are in the top 1%. Now, I don't know, you know, where you rank in all of that, but no matter where we are, probably most of us in this room rank in the wealthiest people of the world. But I'll be honest, most of the time, I don't see myself that way. Most of the time, I see myself, ah, I'm just kind of, you know, I hope I get by. I hope things work out for us in the long run, right? So today, as we think through this whole diet of shepherding abundance, I want us to really think about how do we see our world? How do we see our life around us and what we've been entrusted? So now Jesus tells a parable in Matthew 25, verse 14 and following. And I want to read this to you. This is not probably new to many of you. You've probably heard this before. I know I've mentioned it before in my time here. But let me share with you what it says. He says... Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. And then he went on his journey, and the man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more, but the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Now, he starts out, and I just kind of want to frame up our conversation today through this passage a little bit. He starts off with the owner, and he said, the owner entrusted some people 
with some pretty large amounts of money. Now, in this particular text, it says gold. Other texts say silver. Or in others, it says talents. Well, a talent, if they measure it out in a conservative level, was thought to be somewhere between $1,000 in today's terms or $30,000. Okay, so if we measure that out, the man who got five talents, he had $5,000 or $150,000 he'd been entrusted. The man with two was given $2,000 or $60,000. And the man with one was given 1000 or potentially up to $30,000 in some kind of investment. Now, the owner, what I like about this particular text that Jesus is saying, he said when the owner looked at these different individuals, he saw their capacity and their ability. He didn't give them all the same amount. He didn't minimize them that one is better than the other. He just said, I see in you this capacity. So we probably understand this pretty well. If you've been a teacher or you've been a coach, you understand when you're working with people that they have different capacities. And you don't expect the same thing and you don't always give the same things to each one of those. You give according to what you see as the capability. And this owner sees the capacity in the individual and that's the level with which they entrust Now, the owner also, then we find in the story, then goes on a journey. In fact, it's a long journey. So he's entrusted him with his money, and he says, I'm going to go away. And what I like in this particular part of the text, Jesus says, because it's a long journey, it doesn't mean, okay, I've given you the money, now you get it all taken care of tomorrow. You, You make it all happen quickly. It was like, you go, get up in the morning, do your best today, Then get up the next morning and you do your best and you do your best the next with what you've been entrusted. And after a long time, it says the owner returned. That the abilities that have been given, it says it's not a sprint. It's basically that we're just to be faithful. And he says he didn't judge how they performed on somebody else. He only judged them by their own capability. Now, I hope you're capturing kind of these kind of pictures that are being painted for us as we're going to get into our conversation here. Now, in the story then, as you all know, probably if you don't, here's how it happens. After the man has gone away, he eventually comes back. And when he comes back, he calls them into account and he brings the man in who has been given the five bags of gold. And he says, how did you do? And he says, well, I invested it and I got five bags more. And the man with two bags, he came back and he said, I got two bags more. And the owner says, well done. Come and celebrate. Let's celebrate that you used those things well and that you have expanded the kingdom. You've expanded. You've made it better. Celebrate with me. I invite you into that process. Now, of course, we know that there was then the final man, the third man, and He brings back his one bag, and we know the story. He says, "Um, well, I was scared of you. I didn't think I could really do much with it. And so he dug a hole, and he buried it, and he brought it back and said, here's what I got. Now, as we know, the owner isn't exactly thrilled by that particular response. And he doesn't allow him to share in the blessing. There isn't anything to celebrate. And he says, "Um, you're no longer going to be my employee. But you know, it's interesting to me when you think about that text, it kind of reminds me back to the Garden of the Eden story. 
Remember when Adam and Eve were placed into the garden? It was a place of abundance. It was full. And they had it all, right? They had it all. And yet, if you remember, they got into a mindset. They said that the enemy came and said, hey, you don't have enough. You need more. And so they didn't trust God anymore. They thought, well, we need to basically be controlling of our own domain kind of thought. And as a result, because they got a scarcity mindset, it moved them outside of God's ideal realm. And they were evicted from the garden. Now, I, I just want you to hear some of that imagery as we work through it. So Jesus is really showing in this particular parable that we are each entrusted with resources, gifts, and talents. Every one of us have been entrusted with things from God. And when we shepherd well, the result ultimately is personal blessing, it's honor to God, and growing in God's kingdom. Okay, So when we're, we're using it well, it's going to bring a flow of life. But when there's an unwillingness to invest what will be entrusted to us, then the results become that what we have can become somewhat useless, and it will rob us of joy, and it will deprive us of growing God's kingdom. So I want us to just be thinking about those things that God has given us. Now, I believe in Scripture God is gracious, but he does expect us also to be good stewards of what we've been given. There's just an expectation, just like you would if you're a teacher or a coach, you expect that your students, the persons under you, are going to give their best, right? I mean, how many of you are a teacher and you say, kids, yeah, just get by. Just, yeah, you know, you can, if you want to answer these questions this, tonight, if you want to do your homework, fine. How many of you teachers are all in on that? How about coaches? How many of you say, kids, you know, I just want to show up for practice, you know, do it, you know, if you want to join in the game or work on it, go for it. Otherwise, eh, you can sit, drink a Coke, it's fine. Anybody on board with this? No. You expect, if you're coming, you're going to show up for the game and give your best, right? And in a sense, Jesus is calling us to that same kind of perspective that we've been given some gifts, and how are we going to do them to our best of our ability? So the servants represent for us two lenses by which we view our world, I believe. The first lens, of course, is a lens of scarcity. And let me just read for you and share with you what I mean by this particular lens. When we get into a scarcity mindset, here's what we're thinking. We see our gifts, our resources, and our abilities that they're mine for my use. So when I get into this kind of mindset, everything I have is really mine. It's about me. It's about me building my kingdom kind of mentality. Also, when we get into scarcity, we have a fear of not having enough money or time or ability. I, I'm, all I can see is my lack. It also is when we're in scarcity, we struggle to share resources or knowledge because we don't want others to get ahead of us or appear more successful. You know, as I look through the list, sometimes I have to be honest, as I read through it, I go, Whoa, I fall into some of these camps far more than I wish I did. How many times have we looked at somebody and we think, you know, I, I know some stuff that could really help them. I've learned it on my own, but I don't want to share it with them because if I did, then they might get the credit for that, right? And sometimes we might hold back or we get upset when maybe other people are becoming successful. We might hold back from helping them succeed more. 
Or we might find in scarcity we struggle to be happy for when others are experiencing success. Like, ah, that should have been me. Why'd they get it? Or finally, they compare, we compare ourselves to others in the fact that, you know, gosh, they have all the money. They have all the resources. They should be the ones who take care of that or fund that or do that work. I oftentimes think that way when I read about Hollywood or, or I read about great athletes who are getting paid millions of dollars. And I think there are lots of problems in the world. They should invest their money to get those fixed. And I don't often maybe think of myself in the same light. I think that should be their responsibility. I think those all kind of reflect a mentality when we're moving in a spirit of, of scarcity. And these are characterized by lack of faith, by selfishness, by jealousy, envy, kind of things, or fear. Now, here's a lens of abundance, okay? So when we're seeing the world in a lens of abundance, we believe there is plenty and enough to share. Then we look, you know, I'm amazed when I listen to um, some of the stories of saints that I've had the privilege of doing their funerals over the years. And you'll hear that they grew up in the Depression era, and they were struggling to put food on the table, but they would hear of a neighbor down the road that maybe their family was really struggling, didn't have food at all, and that family would somehow find a way that they could manage their resources to help bless that family down the road. They said, we are so much more abundant than they, we can help out in that particular way. That's a lens of abundance. Or their abundant lens is that their heart is generous with sharing knowledge and ideas and resources. I just want people to excel, whoever they are. And how can I use my life to help that happen? Or celebrating the success and of abundance of others. When I see other people succeeding, I'm like, yes. Man, I'm so glad you just won the lottery. Not that I'm advocating for playing the lottery, but just saying. We're excited when people get blessed. Or actions are not governed by what others do or don't do, but rather we just want to be faithful. That's what drives us. So this kind of mentality is evidenced by generosity and by faith. So I just want you to think about, from those two perspectives today, which one more reflects you more of the time? Because the reality is we probably flip between the two at various moments, but which one tends to be more the vein, the way you view your world, and how might God be calling you to adjust? So I want just briefly this this morning to... Talk then about how do we grow a mindset of abundance. And let me just offer you a couple of things. First of all, I would suggest that we need to revisit your belief and understanding of God. Whenever we find ourselves in a mindset of scarcity, revisit your belief and understanding of God. Last week, if you were here, we talked about, and if you weren't, we talked about, abundance flows out of relationship. We talked about how, you know, you can have all your stuff, I can have all my stuff around me, right? But when I have all my stuff, does that really give me life? Or as I sit around my stuff, eventually I go, I need more stuff. Because this stuff isn't making me happy anymore. I'm always amazed that this week, you know, Nance and I, were, we go out, and I should never go out with my wife. She says, honey, will you go with me and we're going to help us out? Or we want to go shopping for the grandkids. Well, 
my wife is really good about staying focused on mission. She, she looks for the grand, kids' grand clothes. I run to the shirt section. And I, I have a fetish with shirts. I don't know what it is. I don't like any of them in my closet, but every time I go to a store, I come back with a new one. I don't get it. But it's just how I kind of function, right? But you know what? I get those shirts and I look at them at the, in the store. I loved it. And now I don't like any of them. Just my thing. I don't know what it is for you. But I, I think that whole mentality is abundance flows ultimately then out of relationships. So it's out of our nurturing with God. It's out of our mindset of how God sees us, sees the world. How we see one another is what really brings abundance and life to us more than the stuff and the things we're told by our world we need to hold on to. So it's really as I'm walking in this relationship with God. And if you look at the story that we read a little while ago, the two servants that experience blessing, they're really serving their master out of honor and out of, out of respect for who their master is. And when you and I are really focused on, I just want God to be about you. I believe, God, you're a God that is abundant. You're a God that is limitless. So you've opened your storehouse towards me, and you will, I believe, take care and provide. If I live in that mindset, I just find God has a way. We, it translates into reality in our world. Let me show you from 1 Timothy 6, 17. Here's what the Apostle Paul wrote. He said, Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. If we want enjoyment and full fulfillment, it will not be found in the stuff we acquire or the things we necessarily do. It will start in our relationship with God. So realize abundance comes, flows out of God. And so God entrusts every one of us with gifts and resources. What we have is really on loan, y'all. What I have is really on loan from God. Because have you ever thought how blessed we are? I mean, I've met people in third world countries. I've been in their homes. I've seen what they do or don't have. Why am I not that person? And I get to be who I get to be where I live. Now, the reality is sometimes I've met some people living in that kind of situation that seem sometimes far happier than I am and have a far deeper relationship with God than I do. And, and so there's this mindset of what I have, wherever God has placed us, whatever abilities God's given us, that is on loan and our responsibility that God has said, here's your bag, here's your bag of gold, now what are you going to do with it? How are you going to invest it? How do you, I want to flow through you to bless our world. And so God has given us a blessing to be a blessing. We, we hear that a lot, but we, that's really our mindset. So how am I using what God has given me to bless others and bless the kingdom? Now, here's the second thing, I think. We grow a mindset by then staying alert to when we're embracing a view of scarcity. It's when am I taking what God has given to me and I'm digging a hole and I'm making a mentality, I'm going to just stick it here and hold on to it. Because I never know when I'm going to need it. You know, I think way too often, too much sometimes, and I don't know if you all have these thoughts, and I may stress some of you out, but, you know, I think about someday I'm going to get old. Some of you are thinking, you're already there, dude. You're in denial. But um, I'm thinking about when I get old, and someday I don't know when I may not be able to live in my own home, and I may have to be in a care home. 
Lord, I forbid, I hope I never get there, right? But have anybody ever thought about that? Someday I may get there, and when I get there, will I have enough to take care of the kind of life I want to live? We hear that from wealth management all the time, you know, how we trying to our best, but you know what? I don't know when I'm going to croak. It could happen today. It could happen 40 years from now. I don't know when it's going to be. I don't even know how much I'm really going to need when I get there. All I can do is do my best until I get there and hope it was enough. But who really knows every day that I've been given? Can anybody tell me except for God? No, and for some reason, God hasn't really often told us when the day is. So all I can do is try to be the best I have with what I've been given at the moment and say, Lord, you've always taken care of me, so I trust that you will take care of me until the moment you welcome me into your kingdom. Because I put myself in your care, help me just to use what you've been given well throughout the time in which I've been given. And I trust you'll keep providing what I need when I need it. So we really have to kind of, when scarcity tries to plague us, we have to be alert to when we're starting to live in a mindset of scarcity. And I think it's really good when we start to note it, say, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm not trusting you right now. I'm trying to trust me. And these are things I can't manage. I can do my best at trying to invest and save, but Lord, let me not hinder being a flow of abundance because I'm so afraid of what might be that may never happen. Thirdly, then, I believe that we, sh- we, we help shift our mindset by shifting your sights to abundance. It's really important, whenever we fight, start to think we're in scarcity, that we don't have enough or we're not enough, take a moment of inventory like we did last week if you were here in worship and we just looked at where are all the places that were abundant. How are you abundant in the way of what you have financially? How are you abundant with your stuff? All the stuff you have. How are you abundant with the relationships God has brought around you? How are you abundant with the talents and abilities you've been given? Not what you don't have, but what you do have. Don't be looking across the fence. Just look at what God has given to you and go, Lord, I am so abundant. I am so blessed. Thank you, Lord, that you've given me all this. Focus on that mindset. Help Think about all you have been given and how God has been faithful in your life. So thanking God for what's given and daily then and continue to move deeper in that. Now here's the final thing I would suggest to us. We need to prayerfully offer ourselves what God has given us back to God. So I would really encourage you, we need to almost daily, I think, anyway I do, daily say, Lord, here's what you've given me. And God, I want to be a good steward of it today for your kingdom. I want to be a steward of being in the flow of your abundance. It's flowing out, not just to me, but through me to a world that needs to know we got an abundant, incredible God. Folks, does anybody know how much God loves, we talk about it all the time, how much God loves our world. Well, if God loves our world, he's using us to be the blessing and the avenues to share that love as we let his abundance flow in and through us. So continue to pray, God, how do you want me to use my abundance, my gifts, my abilities? Where am I using those for you? Lord, how am I using my resources financially? Where are you wanting me to trust you and invest those things? 
How about with my time? How about with the people in who you've placed around me? How am I doing with what you've entrusted to me? Because one day, God's long journey away will welcome us home. And we want to be able to say, hey, I am so excited to get to tell you how what you entrusted to me got used for your glory. And God says, I will celebrate with you. And so will others who are part of that kingdom. So I really pray today that, if, that you will evaluate how are you seeing your world. And if you're seeing yourself in a mindset of scarcity, how you might shift that more to one of abundance. Or when you find yourself, maybe you're most of the time in abundance, but when you get into scarcity, you might take a moment to shift back into how God has so gifted us. Last week, you know, we're in our stewardship campaign throughout this month, and, and um, granted, many of you here got a card in the mail that talked about uh, financial pledging for the next year, and granted, our churches need finances to run and to keep the lights on and pay staff and all those things, and we do mission through the money, so there's a lot of things we do there. And so on one avenue, we are asking you to, to be it prayerfully, God, how are you wanting me to commit my resources into the next year? But it's really more about what we feel like God is calling us to invest than what somebody is trying to tell us to invest. So really, we're just encouraging you as a step of faith, pray, God, what are you calling me to trust you to give in the upcoming year? Because what's really cool, if God gives us a bigger number than we think we can do, and then that number, we write it down, and at the end of the year, we go, wow, that happened. Then how did it happen when we go, God, you are faithful? It builds our faith. But so you can hand in that pledge card. If you want to hand one in, you're welcome. You're encouraged to do so. We'll also have an opportunity next week. Those are in the baskets or you can mail it in or whatever. But here's the other thing we ask you to do. Don't just think about your finances. Think about your gifts and your abilities. What has God given you the ability to do? And how are you committing that to God? Where's God calling you to invest it? Not just in church, but beyond. Or maybe it's in your relationships. Who are the people God has brought around you that your life is mentoring and sowing into? How are you doing with those and helping them and advancing them maybe in their way of their walk with God? Are we praying for them? Are we helping coach our young kids and our grandkids in the way of Christ? Are we praying for them? What are we doing to help nurture our relationships and our time? How are we giving God the best of time and not just a moment here and there. God, how can I really invest what you've given me? So I hope that we'll be taking that into account as we're praying. And you can write those on another card if you want. You don't even have to sign it. You can just pass that in. But as an act of worship, God, here's what I'm committing to you. So folks, I hope all of us will realize how blessed we are and that we will shepherd well in a mindset of abundance. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for each and every person in this room and how valuable they are to you. Lord God, we realize that we are truly a blessed people.